This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us and happy Independence Day weekend. Love, love, love our independence. All right. Earlier today, I had a great conversation with Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Big news coming out of the Supreme Court in regards to Arizona voting rights elections. So stay tuned for that. Also, we talked about former President Trump's trip to the southern border and much, much more. Congressman Armstrong, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to see you. Literally just got off the floor with some votes. If you want to touch anything, maybe that's uh, pertinent here to our audience here in North Dakota. And also, if you want to talk about uh, Coal Creek Station, some good news there. And what does that mean for those jobs in North Dakota as a whole? Yeah, well, we just got off the floor, floor voting on the House version of the surface transportation bill. And we'll talk about that in a second. But let's start with good news. Let's start with what <laughs> um, is going on with Coal Creek Station. And for me personally, and it's I mean, it's just great for North Dakota. It's great for all those communities in central North Dakota. I mean, I don't think it's overstating to say without that industry up there, we uh, central North Dakota looks very different in three years than it does right now. But I think more importantly, it's a good North Dakota company that came in and did this. It's an energy company. Uh, I have the benefit of knowing, I've known Stacy Charter my entire adult life. Uh, Ryan Copsing, who is a part of it, is my, my best friend. And so it's just been really good. Sometimes you get these places where you get really good things that happen from the state of North Dakota, and it's done by North Dakotans. And I just don't think we can talk enough about how great this is going to be moving forward. That is obviously fantastic news. I'm assuming, you know, the jobs are going to have some safety and security there. There's going to be some carbon capture tied in as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to, I mean, if anybody can figure out how to navigate these energy markets in these times, it's a company, I mean, it's, it's, it's a North Dakota company that has more expertise, I think, in energy markets than probably just about any company in the world. But they've already made a commitment on a lot of the jobs. And obviously, whenever you take something over, there's going, I mean, there's always going to be some bumps in the road. There has to be. But the real answer here is they're interested in doing business in North Dakota. They're interested in this being in North Dakota. And they, they're interested in doing what we do best, right? Feed and fuel the world. And we're going to be a part of that. And uh, coming from where we came from 18 months ago, 24 months ago, this is a really big deal. And I don't think we should undersell it at all. Uh, just really, pr I'm really proud to know everybody involved. Big decision out of the Supreme Court today as far as an Arizona voting rights bill. President Trump at the Southern Board yesterday. I want to touch on those things. But first, um, you talked about this this transportation bill. You just voted on anything inside of that. I'm assuming it passed with the Democrats vote. Anything inside of that that's beneficial for North Dakota? Just your take on it. Well, I mean, sure. When you're passing a transportation bill and you're um, plussing up a lot of those highway funds, all of those things, those are great. If that was what the bill was, we'd probably support it. The problem is that's not all the bill is. The bill is full of absolute goodies and gifts and uh, a lot of the Green New Deal and environmental policies that are simply, I mean, the, the bad far outweighs the good, Chris, and that's the answer. And it's it overall, this is just going to be another policy moving forward towards an unrealistic energy future and an unrealistic infrastructure future. Is it one of those bills where Jen Psaki can say again that, oh, it was the GOP that wants to defund the police? Is it one of those bills? No, that we did that yesterday. That was great. I, I mean, you know, you can spend 36 months on unbelievably terrible rhetoric towards law enforcement officers. But if you're not going to vote for what, what will be truly a partisan commission, apparently that negates that negates all the bad things they've said and all the good things that we have done over the last 36 months because, you know, politics. So I was going to say, sometimes the gall of just what comes out, it's pretty, pretty shocking. But, yeah, but uh, I, don't, I don't think the American people are buying it. 
Uh, you know, I used to pick juries for a living, and one of the I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in this town is thinking the American people can't I mean can't use both their ears and both their eyes and see what's going on. Um, before we get to the southern border and the and the uh, ruling out of the SCOTUS, let's talk about you mentioned how we uh, feed and fuel America. The drought is very very bad. What can you be doing in D.C. To help our farmers and ranchers well first of all i think the last time we had a bad drought was 2017 but that was even more localized right i think first of all before you talk about any of the policies we need to recognize how widespread this drought is and how acute it is in north dakota i, I mean two inches of precipitation since october is something we are just simply not used to but more importantly it's it's statewide right it, it covers the entire state so there's nowhere locally to get feed. And the reason I bring up feed is farmers are obviously getting hurt real bad, but uh, our cattle industry and our, our ranching industry is the one that really takes it because payments don't feed cows. <laughs> I, I, they just don't. So we're working with the Senator's office to get early grazing of CRP, uh, really wanna get some of our crops certified at total loss so we can get cover crop in the ground. So if we do get rain in July and August, we'll have more forage. But you know, the, we're working with the uh, USDA and any chance we can to make as much, as, get as many things as flexible as possible. But the bottom line is, is when you when you talk about the increase in hay, I mean, if you're going to southeast Minnesota to buy hay to feed feed uh, feed your feed your herd in the western part of the state, that just simply doesn't pencil out. And even with like forage programs and things of like that, with the spike in price, even with the fed even with the federal cost share part of it, you're still paying more than you were last year. And so it's it, it's really really detrimental. And we need every federal agency to help. And even with all the flexibility and all the help in the world, what we're trying to do is i mean just legitimately put a band-aid on a gunshot wound right now we need rain and that's the one thing the federal government can't do <laughs> you can make your rain cash with just not actual water but, so. but right, i mean the cash issue and that part of it particularly for ranching is good but i i, I don't want to be glib about it but cash doesn't feed them right you, i mean and i i think one of the drastic misconceptions about ranching is people think if you have to sell off half your herd in 2021, you just buy it back in 2022. And that just, uh, these farmers have taken years, decades to get their herds where they want them to be. And it's just decimating them at this point, just absolutely crushing them. And I mean, when you got people walking out in their pastures at the beginning of June and grass is crunching under their feet, this is gonna be a long, hot, dry summer. So we understand what it's obviously doing to the farmers and ranchers. The other side of the coin now is because of the drought, you're going to continue to see rising food prices. What can you do for the consumer at home right now that's watching and going, hey, Congressman Armstrong, you know, all this inflation is starting to have an impact on my disposable income. What are you going to do to help me out here? Well, and it's not just inflation, right? I mean, we had the hack at the JVS facility. Prior to that, we had a fire two years ago in Kansas that shut down a, a quarter of a plant and spiked prices. And what the problem with that eventually really becomes is consumers see a higher cost in pricing, but our producers don't see a higher price. And we're, we're, we're dealing with this. And COVID has extrapolated or has exaggerated a lot of these supply chain problems. These cyber, these cyber attacks have obviously uh, brought those more to the forefront. We have to continue to work forward. We have to do that. But one of the ways we can stop inflation is not spending $10 trillion a year and just throwing money. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, just carpet bombing the entire economy with cash. So what are you going to do then? Because you got Bernie Sanders now looking to do $6 trillion in an infrastructure bill. 
he runs the Senate Budget Committee. What what are you guys going to do to stop this? We're going to continue to fight it. We're going to continue to do all of the things we can do. I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a yeah. majority over here, right? We all talk about reconciliation and what's going on over there. Um, but we're going to continue to put as much pressure on different Democrats as possible, right? Because their margins are very, very thin. And over on the House side, you've got a bunch of Northeast Democrats that really care about salt reform and have already said they're not going to support the bill without salt reform. Our, one, we have to continue to message the American people because we have to put pressure on the people who, I mean, if they go reconciliation, Republicans on both sides are really going to be sitting back watching this. So we have two, two tracks to that, continue to make the case and also put a lot of pressure on a lot of Democrats that might not really be wanting to vote for this bill, whether it's Senator Manchin or Senator Sinema in the Senate or moderate Democrats in the House that not only do they want to win re-election, and I think we always go to that, they fundamentally disagree with a lot of these things as well. So uh, <laughs> calling to their better angels is always, is always a good strategy, whether it works or not. I mean, we can call to the political ramifications all day long, but also the policy ramifications for their states, their districts, and who they represent. I'm going to get into the election and border stuff in a moment here. And I guess what I want to get your take on, because everyone I talk to right now is like, hey, look, if, if the Democrats continue to go down this path, it seems like an easy, obvious win for the GOP in the House in 2022, as long as y'all don't screw it up. That's what people say to me. I just want to get your assessment. Well, I'm an ex-criminal defense attorney and state party chairman. I'll be comfortable with the election the day after the election. Until then, I think we need to continue to work to recruit good candidates, continue to distinguish ourselves in messaging, and continue to call attention to things that really need attention being called to it. The border is a perfect example. Uh, it just really is right now. Uh, we had a group go down there this week. Uh, obviously, President Trump's going down there. Uh, the vice president went close to there all of these different issues. But, you know, I've been down there and I think what we really have to continue to message is uh, solving the root causes of migration is is a worthy goal. And we and that is in promoting democracy in other countries, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, are good causes and we should do those things. But you don't. It, I use the example of going into the emergency room with a broken leg and having high cholesterol. You don't you don't treat the high cholesterol before you treat the broken leg. This is a triage situation right now. We are being overrun. Uh, I'm very concerned that the Biden administration is talking about even relaxing more of the regulatory requirements that are associated, actually particularly associated with the COVID-19 pandemic, because our communities down there and stretching all the way across the state are just simply not equipped to handle what is going on right now. So do you have any data, because they continue to talk about in Texas, how, look, this impacts every state in the union. Do you have any data that shows that uh, some of these immigrants are being put into North Dakota? And are you also seeing big conversation from yesterday was the increase in fentanyl? Are you hearing about more fentanyl being pushed into North Dakota? You know, I told you this the last time. I think once what we have to recognize, and I did that. I, listen, I was a federal public defender in North Dakota and 15 of my first 20 cases this is 2004, 2005, 2006 were illegal reentry cases, right? So we know that there are illegal immigrants who are in North Dakota. They're in all 50 states right now. Uh, the data, by the very nature of this, the data doesn't really work. I mean, it's what they're doing officially, but it's also how many people are, are, are getting through because a lot of them are getting through. And you know how you know people are getting through? Because drugs are getting through. When you're, when you're, when your seizures at the border are increased as much as their seizures on fentanyl, heroin, uh, methamphetamine, all the illicit drugs are as high as they are. 
combined with the fact that you know the vast majority of your border resources are processing legal immigrants that can that just tells you if you understand how the cartels work and how the crime works how much is getting through and those drugs are making it everywhere and there and there are 18 year old 19 year old 20 year old kids ODing all across the country on those drugs that are coming across the border at Mexico I really don't understand why this has become such a partisan issue I it doesn't make any sense and you know it doesn't make sense to border community McAllen Texas elected a Republican mayor for the first time in 85 years, our first time in a generation, 85% of that district is Hispanic. People recognize that this is this is an untenable situation and people want, even people who support legal immigration, even people who support the Dreamers uh, want understand that you can't have those programs move forward until you get control of your southern border. All right, stay with us when we come back. Congressman Kelly Armstrong is going to talk about uh, President Trump down at the southern border yesterday and what can we do to help obviously solve and mitigate the situation down at our southern border. So as always, please share your point of view with us. Very easy to do. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. Congressman Kelly Armstrong coming up. More with him right after this. Hey, everybody. Have you noticed that there are a million things that people say are good for your skin, right? There's a million technologies. There's different things at the doctor's office. There's different devices. And you just kind of, I don't know about you, but I get overwhelmed. Well, wouldn't it be great if you can combine a whole bunch of great ideas and one device? That's SolarWave. This is the newest thing that we've discovered for you, and it is brilliant. The founders and creators of SolarWave had struggled with their skin for years, and they found that red light therapy and microcurrent together, oh my gosh, but they went even better. They did red light therapy, microcurrent, added massage, added heat, all four technologies and one amazing device. And it's super simple. You can use this amazing conductor serum that comes with it and you're just going to turn it on and in literally five minutes a day, you're going to work different areas of your face, however you wanna do it, but you're not gonna to have to make doctor's appointments and juggle your schedule and spend 15 minutes on four different things and so an hour of your day is gone, you don't have to do that. If you've been looking at the celebrities and saying, I'll have what they're having, well, a lot of them are having the solo wave. Cindy Crawford, Lady Gaga, so many beautiful women already love the solo wave and now you can use it at home too. So right now on localsteals.com, the solo wave is 25 to 27% off. And I don't know about you, but if in only five minutes a day, I can make a big difference in my skin in four ways, I'm in. Welcome back to Point of View. Uh, Congressman Armstrong, thanks so much for sticking around. Let's dive into this border conversation. So let me play a quick clip for you from yesterday. And I want to share this with you because he touches on a couple of things, meaning President Trump. But also, this is a lot of the feedback I'm getting from just people I talk to these days. But we have a, a sick country in many ways. It's sick in elections and it's sick in the border. And if you don't have good elections and if you don't have a strong border, you don't have a country. So people I talk to are like, Chris, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone because everything, nothing makes sense with actually is coming out of D.C. these days. So I want to get your takes first on the elections. Today, Supreme Court rules say no more ballot harvesting uh, based on this Arizona election. And this seems like common sense that if you're going to go vote in a precinct, you have to actually vote in the precinct you're from. I want to go kind of big picture here for you just to get your take on what President Trump said with that decision. You see what's happening now in the New York City's mayor's race. We all know about what's going on in Georgia. And also Amy Klobuchar, I mean, a U.S. senator going down to Georgia for she's from Minnesota to talk about elections. I thought elections were supposed to be run 
by the state. So you're, you're taking what's going on here, and then what are we doing to make this right? So I think the, I think the big picture takeaway from the 6-3 decision in Arizona is how, I, I mean, listen, we're dealing with a lot of things, right? I just met, I, I mean, it, essentially the new thing now on any of these issues is if you agree in states' rights, if you agree in voter security, you will get canceled, you will do all of that. Uh, I don't want to oversimplify this, but I haven't read the whole case. I read the synopsis and everything. But essentially, I think the biggest takeaway is that the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the state of Arizona. And it said, if you are going to make racial disparity claims and what I call the legal version of these woke claims, you can't just throw them against the wall and hope they stick. The Supreme Court wants data. They want least restrictive means. And they they ruled that uh, state. I mean, the ruling is definitely a win for states rights and how they conduct their elections. You know, the so, harvesting part of that and all of that is that's specific to what states do and what they're trying, what they're trying to stop. I personally think elections should be over on Election Day. I love how North Dakota does it. Uh, one of the reasons I don't want the federal government, we don't have voter registration. I think the federal government should stay as far away. We don't have federal elections. We have local elections to elect federal officers. And that is really, truly how it works. So the ruling is good. It's a 6-3 ruling. It's tight. It's it's where it needs to be. And I think going forward, that's going to be a, a win for states who are trying to certify or try to keep but also popular opinions here too you know only in washington dc is voter id controversial everywhere else across the country it's not controversial it doesn't matter if you're a democrat or a republican if you're young or you're old people recognize that you know having an id to do anything in society is needed and it's not that big of a and it's not that big of a burden to put on people particularly with states like north dakota that give it away for free um the governor of texas and governor of arizona create like the statewide compact where now other states can go and for example, South Dakota is sending down National Guard. Other states, Florida, are doing things to help out at our southern border. Uh, I text Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford yesterday, asked him, hey, are any resources from North Dakota going down to the southern border? He said, not that I'm aware of. Should North Dakota be sending some kind of resources, some kind of support down to our southern border? You know, that's a discussion for the governor's office and to talking with Texas and Arizona. And I, I mean, I don't... I. I don't ever want to kick those decisions, but we deal with enough of the federal stuff and what we should be doing out here. And those are real conversations to have at that level. Uh, I don't want federal involvement in the North Dakota National Guard any more than is absolutely necessary. But I do think that we need to secure our southern border. My friend Ashley Hinton from Iowa says this the best. Every state's a border state right now. And if you have illicit drugs coming into your state, it doesn't matter if you're as far away from the southern border as North Dakota is. You need to care about what's going on down there. So with that being said, one last thing I want to share with you is that the BBC reporting some just horrific conditions down at these migrant child camps. President Trump talked about you've got kids now on suicide watch. If you're going to have kids coming into our country, we need to take care of them. We need to educate them, feed them and put them in safe conditions. Don't you agree? Well, the media is a big part of the reason why there's a problem down there and how they cover this. But yes, if you're a six year old kid, I don't care where you're from in the world. I want to give you a hug. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure you're you're fed, you're taken care of, and you're not handed an emergency blanket and forced to sleep on a floor. I mean, that's after the journey. I always appreciate the time and the insight. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thanks. Thank you, sir. All right, uh, stick around. we got much more coming up. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be wrapping things up right after this. Welcome back to Point of View. Tonight's leadership quote of the day brought to you by DJ Coulter Agency with American Family Insurance. Tonight's leadership quote of the day is never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, concerned citizens, meaning you and I, can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever 
has. As we mentioned at the top of the show, it is Independence Day weekend, so we want to share with you some familiar faces and let them share with you what Independence Day means for them. Happy 245th birthday, America. I hope each one of you has a chance to celebrate our wonderful day of independence. No other date on the calendar symbolizes more potently all that our nation stands for than the 4th of July. Have a safe and fun weekend. Hi everybody, my name is Brandon Bochensky, the mayor of Grand Forks. I was fortunate enough in my career to spend nearly a decade traveling the world. Spent a lot of time in Central Asia, Russia, and Eastern Europe. I can tell you that uh, our ideals are shared across the world. Uh, everybody wishes that they were American, had the opportunity that Americans have. So in the fall, we've got Thanksgiving. That's a, a time to honor and be thankful. And the 4th of July is a, a time to be grateful. So let's truly be grateful for the country that we have and for what our founding, founding fathers did to create the country we have today. So from my family to yours, happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Today on the 4th of July, we celebrate and honor the men and women who have defended our nation throughout the generations. We are blessed each day with freedoms and liberties like no other. And on behalf of Mikey and me, we'd like to wish everyone a happy Independence Day. As I approach Independence Day, I often think about that incredible declaration where our founder said that we hold these truths to be self-evident. I love the notion of self-evident truths, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I always try to think about it. the 4th of July is not only self-evident truths, but also the fact that we're a self-governed nation. And I think on the 4th of July, as we celebrate freedom, we ought to think about ourselves and what is our role in making our country better to celebrate this incredible self-governed experiment. Have a happy Independence Day. Thank you so much to our special leaders that uh, shared the importance of our nation, Independence Day, with you here tonight. Please, I am uh, asking you over this weekend to just take some time and read our nation's birth certificate. I think it's important to get sort of reoriented to what so many amazing people did to create this experiment, this amazing country called the United States of America. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. As always, please continue to go out and plant those seeds of faith, hope, love, and truth. Because as you know, point of view, this is the show that's fighting for freedom and for the truth for you. God bless. I'm Chris Berg. We'll see you back here very soon.